Craft Beer Radio, episode 449, on December 30th, 2017. And welcome to Craft Beer Radio 449, where we have six beers in front of us. Why do we do six, Jeff? It seems like a good amount to pad out most of an hour and not get too drunk. I think the, the the other reason is it gives us more chance that we'll find something to talk about, right? If we have only four beers, who knows? But if we have six beers, there's a it's wider... A more optimistic way to look at it. Yes. For sure. Well, Joe Breaks sent us all these beers... I think this is probably the last one that we have to get through, or have to get through, that we get to get through. Uh, feed the Monkey Hefeweizen. It's a orange. So thank you, Joe, breaking down. We don't feel like we have to get through them, but we, orange we've Hefeweizen. liked your stuff enough that we want to keep trying them and see uh, where where they go. Feed the Monkey, 5.6% alcohol by volume, 14 IBU, an orange Hefeweizen. So... Uh, <laughs> they say, with this Hefeweizen, there's no fruit required. We've got that covered. Oh, okay. Because so you get used to... That's the reason behind it. I was thinking, oh, you know, people putting citrus in IPAs, must be putting citrus in Hefeweizens, but I guess, you know, putting that orange slice up on the rim is nothing new. Yeah. Uh, looks like a Hefe. It's a little, um, a little more straw than some other ones, but that's fine. Certainly within you know tolerances of what you would expect. There's a nice uh, foamy head. Banana and uh, a real cloviness, real nice phenolic uh, bit on the aroma. It's a little cold right now. Yeah, I'm digging the aroma. Oh, I'm getting a huge, huge blast of wheat coming through very sharp and, and kind of like tangy tart as far as wheat goes. And then, yeah, it's kind of like you said, a kind of a clovey type phenolics on the the Hefeweizen fermentation. Yeah, Greg was right. It is still on the cold side. So we're taking our Spiegelow barrel-aged beer glasses here, wrapping our hands around the bowl, pumping some heat into it. Yes, these are the Crafty Radio approved glasses for all your beer drinking needs. The number one glass, I think, for any, uh, for any beer. Uh, I mean, there are variances but this is the one that fits pretty much every style yeah so we haven't talked about these lately Spiegelow there's a company that makes beer glasses I think they're a subsidiary of Riedel I think and uh, we were introduced to these uh, through Saver and the Brewers Association and whatnot and they're just really good beer glasses we've been uh, collecting them for a few years we used to drink the beer Tulip and if you have beer tulips in your closet, they're fine. Mm-hmm. You don't have to throw them well, out. They're you excellent. Get... They're not just fine. They're yeah. excellent. Well, they're excellent. You don't. You there is no reason to stop using them and to get the barrel aged beer glass. Mm-hmm. If you have neither, then you might as well buy the barrel aged beer glass. Slightly larger, a little taller, uh, but a ba- basically the same construction. Mm-hmm. And when we did our little, and it was like 40 episodes ago or something where we did a, probably even more than that, where we did sort of a blind thing and, and we couldn't really tell the difference. Blind. Yeah, I mean, it, it's, it's difficult, right? Because how do you blindly evaluate a yeah. glass? Because you're, 
you you have to have someone put it to your lips and pour it into your mouth, you know? Mm-hmm. And if someone does that, is it really, are you getting the best sip, you know? So, so who knows? I think we did know which one we were trying. We were just trying to evaluate. Well, no, remember I made, I had to put the, Oh, okay. I, you blindfolded it and I went around to your side. Okay, and put you, it up to, you fed it to me? Yeah. Okay. I, I don't remember that. It's maybe, you know, like an orange blossom on the aroma. It doesn't, like, it. you know, this says orange just and orange juice added in, on the can, but it doesn't smell like... Uh, um, like a fruit infusion, right? It doesn't. Yeah, taste... it doesn't smell like a fruit infusion, or the, you know, I was trying to think of what's that? What's the champagne and orange juice called? A mimosa, mimosa right? right? It doesn't smell like a mimosa or anything. Uh, it doesn't really. At least the first taste I got does not really translate to. Oh, they they put a bunch of orange juice in this. There's a lot of, of vanilla notes. There's yeah, but... a good amount of sort of weedy stuff coming through. Uh, the orange is just kind of an accent, which is right. I think it, I think that that fits what I'm looking for in a half head. Yeah, I, I like you know first sip. The main part of me was kind of the estery fermentation, the yeast character, vanilla, banana, a little bit of circus peanut. Um, all came across really well done. You know, I I enjoyed that first sip. I think I got a little bit of orange zest, but I'm getting it now. As, as I took a, a bigger sip, I, I felt more of the orange come through. So it's definitely there, uh, and after your your tongue gets used to the the phenols and, and the esters, the the slight acidity of the orange starts to to hit through. So uh, it's it's evolving, which is good. Like to see a beer do that. Um, it's not going too far overboard on the orange, which is very good. I'm very pleased with that. Yeah, yeah. That was when I saw the marketing sheet they gave us. I'm like, really? But no, this has a good balance to mm-hmm. it. So thank you, Jailbreak, for the series of beers that that Imperial Stout from last week. That was my. That was delicious. Mm. I loved that beer. But this is, um, yeah, this is nice. It's a, nice, it's a real nice drinker. I think this mm-hmm. would go well uh, well at a party. As I drink it, the orange becomes more and more apparent. And mm-hmm. I'm kind of kind of disappointed because it tasted like a really good heffa on that first sip, right? Where the vanilla, the banana, the circus mm-hmm. peanuts were dominating. Those were very cozy flavors. They were well done. They kind of fit. And I was looking forward to enjoying something that was a bit more of a traditional you know, heffa. Sure. And, you know, as I'm drinking it, it's tasting more and more of the orange. It's fine, but I I'm think, a little disappointed I think as, as I'm getting through it. That's why I mentioned it's sort of a good thing to drink at a party, because you're not really mm-hmm. paying much attention to it. Yeah. Uh, as If you're really paying attention to it, you really want to, you know, settle up and cozy cozy up with a, with a nice heffa and, and get all this stuff, then you'd want this without the orange. But if you're just going around drinking, you want to get a splash of flavor without really yeah. going overwhelming and bitterness mm-hmm. or, or that stuff, this is a good thing to drink. Good point. Well, that was awkward dead air. <laughs> so I was trying to finish up the glass with that last well, sip. It, maybe it, maybe kinda... <laughs> it helped cement the point that we were having. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Got nothing else to say. 
All right, let's go. Dave, when he gave us those beers last month, um, one of them was the Wicked Ram IPA from Shiner. All right. Wicked Ram. So this is the first India Pale Ale in their 106-year history. 6.0% alcohol by volume, 555 IBU, first brewed in 2015. Okay, I was just going to ask you if it had information on when they made it. Uh, Crystal, Bravo, and Centennial hops. Two-ish. Probably. Almost like one-ish, in a sense. But uh, Bravo is a two, kind of 2.5-ish. This ram will let you grab one by the horns. This ram will let you grab one by the horns. Maybe it's a Texas thing. Registered trademark. (laughs) You know, Texas longhorns and that kind of stuff. But it's a ram as opposed to a, a bull. I don't know. Or maybe it's grab one by the horns. This ram will let you. Maybe Yoda wrote it. <laughs> There's a... Um, okay, start talking because I want to find this this thing now that you mentioned that. <laughs> Yoda? Not Yoda, uh, but... Okay. Mm, damn it. <laughs> Forget what it's called. All right, so this beer, it pours kind of a cloudy... Beyond gold into amber. Uh, light head. Let's see if there's a date on this bottle. If I'm not seeing one. Ah, here it is. Okay. There's a Reddit uh, thing called Don't Dead Open Inside. Um, for things that are like yeah. <laughs> poorly written. So it, it's <laughs> Don't Open Dead Inside on, on the... On on the um, on these doors, mm-hmm. but if you read it like right to left, it just says "Don't dead open inside," and so it becomes impossible <laughs> to understand. And so that that's what that reminded me of. When you're mm-hmm. doing that. Yeah, so it has kind of a caramelly. Uh... So here's an example of other stuff they put. <laughs> yeah. Big malt aroma, caramelly. There's some hops in there. The hops are kind of coming across. Because the malt is so caramelly and sweet in the aroma, it kind of comes across like a candied hop or something along those lines. So there's kind of a Oh, yeah, orangey, there's a little bit of that uh, man candy thing in there, isn't yeah, there? But orangey, um, grapefruit, you know, it has a kind of that sweet, you know, like candied type aroma. Yeah, it feels like a more malt-forward IPA than... Uh, than a West Coast one, just from the aroma. I wish I had a packaged on date so we knew how old this was. This is a very phase one IPA. Mm-hmm. It's uh, a lot of crystal malt, a lot of uh, yeah, a lot of. I mean, sweet malt, and then like a little bit of of a slight grapefruity hoppiness. Like what we used to call an East Coast style mm-hmm. IPA before there was a whole Northeast, you know, phase one. But, you know, West Coasts were more blatantly hoppy. Right. And, 
East Coasts had more of an English pedigree to them, and they had more malt characters, some of that caramel, like you said. And this kind of fits back in thinking of, I don't know, something, well, I guess Hop Devil is not a, not a great example, because it wasn't so caramelly. It was more That Ballantine toasty. is an example of something that I'm thinking yeah. about. I remember that. And um, so there's really old, like, 1970s era IPAs and things like that. Well, that but even, like, Brooklyn, probably the Brooklyn East India mm-hmm. IPA. Not that Valentine was bad. We, I thought Valentine was pretty good, especially for an old recipe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we had that a few years ago when they brought it back. They sent us a, a bottle. Was, mm-hmm. I was surprised at how at how happy that was. But on, on today's hop palate, this beer is not very hoppy. No, um, it's still bitter. Right, it, it carries through it's bitterness. Not too bitter. Not, it, it, it doesn't really live with you. I mean, it's it's. I don't know if if you ask somebody to drink this who was not a fan of beer, they would definitely say it was very bitter. So, if you know, as people really used to bitterness, we're less likely to be a, yeah. to notice it. I mean, I'm sure I absolutely have our you know palates drifted, our mm-hmm. threshold has drifted up and up and up over the lifetime of the show for sure. The combination of the malts and the kind of a, just the moderate hopping that's in here, as opposed to any kind of aggressive hopping, you know, it feels more like an American pale ale. It doesn't. Yeah, but in terms of like bitterness, like for example, I've had some sixty to seventy IBU, or at least in the sixty IBU Northeast IPAs that are much less apparently bitter than this. So mm-hmm. it's you know, even oh. though that's. A you know a different species completely. Yes, I, I I recognize that, but I wanted to still follow through on a thought that there is a lot of you know that phase one style still has a good amount of apparent bitterness, even though it's not yeah. the same kind of dig into your mouth bitterness that you're used to. Oh, another one this kind of reminds me of, I guess, uh, Hop Devil. I was mentioning that earlier on. You know, Hop Devil has mostly like Munich type mm-hmm. malts to it. So it has more of a toasty malt character as opposed to a sweet caramelly malt character. But aside from that difference, I, I I think I mentioned it earlier. I was about to mention it, but then I didn't like that mix of caramel and toast. So I kind of like pulled it back. Yeah, I, I, I really kind of enjoy this as sort of like a throwback. Yeah. Um, as a reminder of, of beer's past. It's, you know, this. I don't know how old this beer is. It doesn't taste too hop-faded. I mean, if it is older, maybe it was brighter and more hoppy right out front. But where it tastes right now is it feels kind of like, you know, a good American pale ale where you're getting that caramel, you're getting a little bit of citrus and, uh, I don't know if I want to go all the way to piney. There's something else in there, though kind of a earthy herbal type thing i guess earthy and citrusy going in with you know a good caramel malt backbone yeah. i mean i mean if you're going to this expecting something new that's not what you're going to get but if you're going to this expecting sort of a throwback to those age of ipas then i think you'll really like this and this is a beer that's good enough that i would buy a six pack is it wicked is it wicked wicked ram ipa is it wicked uh, it's wicked <laughs> wicked ram this is uh, Shiner's Wicked Ram. But yeah, I'd, I'd buy a six-pack of this. Yeah, I would I mean, have, be happy to have this in my fridge. Yeah, it's a, like it's well put together. It's just not exciting. It doesn't have to be. Mm-hmm. I hear you. It doesn't have to be. But it sure is swell when they are. 
Yes. But that's not what beer is about. I mean, it's not just about the exciting. There's also the the can, the joy you can get just from something that's well put together. Yes. Like a good movie, right? If the structure is good. Good movie. The structure is good, then you're gonna you're mm-hmm. gonna like it regardless of what it's about. Yes. Sure. Absolutely. Just like Rogue One. Even if you've seen it all before. Alright, so next we have um what some people might call a whale, I guess. Probably not anymore. It's it's available enough. Uh this you this is one of the wicked weeds that you got when you were down in North Carolina. Yep. Uh, this is called Metatrophics. It is a bread. It's a bleh. It's a bleh. Brevinaisi's farmhouse ale fermented with pineapple, passion fruit, mango, and grapefruit. So, as I was saying when I looked this up originally, when I, and I mentioned this to Jeff, I was like, well, you can do that just with hops these days. So, it does seem kind of weird to, <laughs> to throw all those fruits in there. But hey, the color is surprisingly. Uh, Light, yeah, it's a pale straw and has a light haze to it, but like a clear pineapple juice or something. <laughs> the aroma has a pineapple thing, but then it's quickly followed by the brett, right? And the brett's coming across a kind of dusty, little, a little bit, leathery. little little leathery, like like a baseball glove. Yeah, yeah, old belt, something like that. Uh, doesn't really like one of the things I often go to when I talk about Brett beers is washed rind cheeses. Not getting that on the aroma, so it's kind of really on the dusty, leathery side. You know, that old study got a bit of stinky stuff, a little stinky feet. I'm not getting that yet. And then, yeah, take another, take another smell, and I mean, I'm not saying I'm not going to taste it, but I'm not smelling it yet. Yeah, there's a little bit of a of a sticky feet type thing going on. Not not so much cheesy, more sticky feet. But that's not necessarily bad. This does you know, it's one of those things where the smells can sometimes be either fool you or they can be very interesting in and of themselves and tell you about interesting flavors that are there. The citrus flavors really come through. They pop, don't they? I mean, and it's pretty tasty. You're getting. Pineapple juice mostly. Mm-hmm. It's like a fruit cup, like a tropical fruit cup, kind of, with a lot of pineapple, kind of almost pineapple juice like. Yeah. And then there's a little sort of a mango accent, and there's definitely sort of a grapefruit thing going on. The the Brett on the flavor. First sip, I didn't notice it. Second sip, I'm getting a little bit of a dusty, woody, uh, like that leathery thing again, mm-hmm. but more dusty and woody than leathery. Yeah. yeah, kind of like an old fence. <laughs> I've used that before. Like a fence. Like an older fence, yeah, right? Yeah. Uh, like maybe like dry rot or like sun sun dried mm-hmm. wood or something. Yeah. I'm warming it up. I want to get this beer. I want to get this beer like seventy 
degrees. <laughs> this is this is six point two percent. I don't think I mentioned that before. Um, so far, this is one of the last of the wicked weeds. I think that we brought back and this two sips in. This is the best one. I think this this one's good. I, I'm warming it up. I'm hoping the complexity comes out. But just as a general statement, you know, I bought, uh, what was it, five or six beers. It was well over 80 bucks. Thank and you, everybody who donated using the Amazon link. I'm like, oh, yeah, it's Wicked Weeds Funkatorium, you know. this. But in generally, like, the complexity level has been way underwhelming mm-hmm. on these beers. And I'm just kind of editorializing on, like, the kind of the roundup of Wicked Weeds. Um Probably a little disappointing, like uh, for the price point, and the, for the the hype. Yeah, I mean, it seems like it's mass market sours. It seems like you know it's kind of uh, factory factory sours. Yeah, you know, feel they come across. They don't have those interesting complex notes that we notice in like the New Belgiums. Or, or what about that, Mer- that prairie? The, the American Prairie. Prairie. Yeah. Oh wow! I got I got two more bottles of that in the fridge. You do? I do. Where'd you get those? Giant Eagle here in Cranberry. No way! Yeah. Man, save those. Yeah. Heather's like they got that uh, America from Prairie. Like buy two. <laughs> <laughs> I should have said buy them all. It reminds me. Um, I sent you a picture. Modern Times is now in our market. Yep, I saw that. Uh, and. Um, so they didn't have any of the ones that I was like looking for, uh-huh. but maybe they'll show up somewhere else. The, the funny thing that, that's cool, the Modern Times is in the market. The, when I saw your that I saw your tweet, but I also saw some things or your your message. But I saw some tweets earlier, so I knew they were in the market. The first thing that comes to mind for me was like, are those coffees here too? Um, <laughs> so the. You didn't want to do the coffees on the show, right. and Mike sent us three of the Modern Times coffees. We did a co- we, we did, did one, one we did on one the on the show, and I just felt it didn't fit with the rest. Sure, of- I uh, I took the other two up when I went up to Deer Camp, and they were kind of my mid afternoon pick me up. So, mm-hmm. oh, they were delicious though; they were so good. So, like, I'm like Jonesing for Modern Times coffee more than I am for Modern Times beer. <laughs> Um, that's not saying the beer is not good, but oh, that coffee just really struck a note with me. That the cold brew coffee that they can was really striking a note for me. Modern Times was one of the first was one of the ones I remember that we got from um, was it Mike who sent us the first probably Mike's of, Mike's our of, San Diego uh, yeah. benefactor. And then I was able to find some in Arizona too and brought those back, mm-hmm. and, they, and that was like it was one of the more like reliable mm-hmm. of those West Coast uh, breweries. That were fine. That was findable. So as I'm finishing up this Metatropics, the citrus is still plowing. Kind of a, sorry, kind of a Brooklyn in a sense, and that reliable. You, yeah, you get good stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, the citrus is still plowing through. It's pineapple bomb, pineapple bomb. The the Brett character to me is kind of settling down as I'm getting used to it. it has a, a bit of a chalky note to it. Um, is playing around with leathery. I'm not noticing the woody as much. I think this is one of the better ones that I brought back. Still lacks the kind of complexity that you'd want. It's, it's a clean funky. It's yeah, a, yeah. It's kind of a don't get too funky here. We don't want people not to like this. Just mm-hmm. yeah, it doesn't it doesn't stick its head out as much as some other ones, but it's definitely I think the best sour mm-hmm. that I remember from Wicked Weed. 
So, you know, you can consider that. It, it, it's it's more aligned with what I think, and perhaps that's some of the some of the fruits that that are aiding it. Mm-hmm. I, I think there. If I was sorry for all the abrupt stops there, I didn't want to make too many mouth noises. Uh, dial back the pineapple juice a moderate amount, right, and bring through some more wheat character. I think it would be uh, more delicate beer, a more nuanced beer. Maybe I mean the thing is I don't think the sour is really. We've talked about this. The sour really isn't yeah. complicated enough to to support it on its own. Yeah. So it needs that extra stuff. Yeah, you're right. Maybe the maybe that citric acid that was in there in spades kind of livened up the the mm-hmm. tangy tart bits. This is um, this is not the one I thought. This is the Boulevard Tough Kitty. All right, so a milk stout. This is a Dave beer, I assume. Yes. Yep. Thank you, Dave. Five point five percent alcohol by volume. Twenty seven IBU. Uh, hmm, milk stout uh, malts that are used are Kara One Twenty, Kara Three Hundred, and Pantagonia Black Pearl chocolate malt and caramel malt, and uh, rolled oats in the mash tun and lactose. Cool. And look, Bravo look, and Pascade and Hops. Look at that code. C ya Y T M B T like Bitcoin? It's not it's S S E though. It's not S E E. Like I did the same thing at first. I saw C ya, but no, it's just some weird packaging huh. code. Okay. There was something a uh, message that you Oh, good to see. I was. I thought it was <laughs> <laughs> false alarm, everybody. Uh, Kansas City beer that uh, you posted. We talked about that last time, didn't we? I don't know. Uh, if you did, I forget. But I'm pretty sure we did. Yeah. So I saw a thing on Twitter. Someone posted a tweet from KC Beer Company. Right. That's the name of the yes. And the the top part of the can label says not owned by Belgians. Dot 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 yet question mark. No, 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 no question mark. mark? Okay. There's a period, actually. I see period. So it miss, it's missing the loop yeah. part. <laughs> oh, for those of you who are up for, off on your punctuation, thanks for specifying that. Yeah. Um, sorry, I can't see it. From, <laughs> I, mean, I was going from memory. Uh, I don't know. It's a subtle dig at yes. Boulevard. Yeah, it's it's a, it's, it's a subtle dig because Boulevard is owned by uh, Duval, but um, I mean it's fine. I there's. I don't have a problem with with little jabs at, at, as long as it's not su- super mean spirited because it doesn't mm-hmm. strike me as really super mean spirited. It strikes me as sort of more. Well, they put the yet, you know, that kind of yeah, gives it a right. Like if they offered, we'd sell in a second. <laughs> That's kind of what that says. All right, you wrote on this one. It, it's neat. You know, the the milk stuff, the cream part of it, really comes through, kind of like a latte or. Uh, mocha or something, you know, like cold coffee. There's uh, a woody, like a chicory or something in the aroma as well, though, which is kind of a, a thing that's a little well, bit... Well, so, I talked about the caramel I'm talking about, and then the, the ones were, were Cara 120, Cara 300, and Patagonia Black Pearl, which is interesting malt. I think I've had it before. I think that maybe what's sort of giving a lot of the, at least aroma, okay. the interesting aroma stuff. Because I believe it's kind of more woody than you might expect. 
Uh, the aroma definitely has kind of a woody or chicory thing in there. Mm-hmm. I mean, I smelled that. I don't know what to attribute that to. Maybe the Patagonia Black Pearl? I, I don't know. It's, I like the smell, though. The smell that time was a little bit more like um, dark chocolate candy bar. Like when you open the wrapper and you can kind of just get a smell of the candy bar. You know, I was getting a little bit of that. So Patagonia Black Pearl Malt is a 100% huskless natural product made from selected barley from the Patagonia. Through a specialized process, the husk is completely removed and the grain gently toasted to develop flavors and aromas with less bitterness and astringency. Cool. Hand dehusked by little Patagonian children. Yeah, look at how black that malt is. Mm-hmm. Wow. It's like a coffee. On to the flavor. The um, the milk stout there has this creamy body to it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's interesting because this beer tastes to me like what a newbie would think a milk stout should taste like. Where when we were okay. when yeah. we were newbies, milk stouts didn't taste like this. Maybe McKesson did kind of a little, but other milk stouts kind of had this darker roast to it. The milk character you got wasn't like milk in the beer or mm-hmm. creamy or cream in the beer. It was yeah, it's more cream than milk, right? It yeah, be... but but that's not that's what I'm tasting yeah. here. But like a milk stout, old school milk stout, wasn't that. And mm-hmm. I'm trying to come up with words of like how it's different. This is much more pleasing. Mm. It's kind of like cream in a coffee in mm-hmm. some sense. It, it it gives it a lighter. Gives it a bit of a lightness, a little kind of fluff to it, in addition mm-hmm. to a more velvety texture. It helps to alleviate some of the bitterness issues, uh, and at the same time, um, does some integration of some of the more um, acrid flavors. Mm-hmm. So, if you're looking for straight up stout stuff without that kind of combination, then you wouldn't want this in there. Just the same way where you wouldn't necessarily want cream in your coffee if you're looking for more of those um, more of those out there interesting flavors. Cream sort of cream and lactose cream in a coffee, lactose in this case does more melding of the flavors and tones down some of the, the interesting spikes, but it can be really useful to put to to get a more cohesive whole. Yeah, I mean this one's is is pretty pretty drinkable, pretty tasty, and like I said, it's I've had more and more beers like this. It's definitely different. It's an evolution of milk stout compared to milk stout of ten years ago. Sure, in, it's, in it's a, a lot of cases, as with fruited beers, right? It's yeah. an example of of brewers starting to really understand what the heck they're doing. Um, not that they didn't know before, but I mean they, they're they're really learning from each other, and they've. They've refined this process. Yeah, I mean, so it seems that, to me like ten years ago, aside from breweries like Stone, milk stout was a classic style from England. People were doing classic things with the recipe, and Stone was the only one doing crazy Gonzo things with it. And while this isn't Gonzo in anything in particular, it's 
definitely a neo uh, application of of milk stout. Like, cause how do we make the how do we make the milk milky? Right. How do, how do you make it come through that it's a milk stout at the same time? Still have the stoutiness to to mm-hmm. you know to be expressive uh, because instead of turning it into a yuhu, right? Yeah, um, this does a really good job. Yeah, this is um, yeah, this is this is really good. the The one thing that I would I would say is that this is sort of not in my wheelhouse, so it wouldn't be necessarily something that I'd pick up a six pack of on my own. But if you right. like this style, then I would definitely recommend it. This one exceeded my expectations. I'm really happy. Oh, with this. I'm, I'm very, I'm very pleased with it. Mm-hmm. I, I want to make make that known. This is very good. I, this may rank very high for me, but it's not like the kind of thing that I would necessarily want a six pack of. Oh, just it's not. There's not often. T- there's not many times where I'd be out at a beer bar with you know twenty thirty taps mm-hmm. and pick the milk stout. Right. I would be happy with this beer at that bar. This you know it's. It's satisfying. It's well done. This is a good meal beer, right? This would go with some... This, like sort of a Belgian double or something, would kind of go well with something roasty, something a little bit gamey, maybe. It's just something with those kind of notes that could support that. It it could. I mean, it would obviously go well with dessert-type stuff as well. Sure, but I'm thinking more along the lines of... Well, I mean, anything sweet would go mm-hmm. well with it. So any sort of those Maillard reactions and roasted meat would go well with this. I wouldn't put this with a salad or anything acidic, mm-hmm. but this... I'm, I'm having a hard time thinking of a, a protein course or something that would go really well with this. So, I mean... A bison burger. Bison burger? Okay. Okay. Yeah. Wouldn't go bad with it. Yeah, <laughs> I wouldn't say fish, right? I, I'm thinking more red. Yeah, I was the closest I was coming up. I was thinking some kind of like mutton or something like that. But like I said, gamey meat. Yeah. Right? All right. So this next beer, Heather bought a case of narwhal. I was going to say, I ex- and I asked, it was, yeah. I asked her to save me one bottle. All right. So, uh, I haven't had 2017 Narwhal. Heather's had 23 of them. <laughs> 10.2% alkali volume, 24 uh, degree, 24.2 degrees Play-Doh. There you go. Uh, that's the beginning gravity. The ending gravity is 6.6 degrees Play-Doh for any of you who care. Uh, 60 IBU. Bittering hops are Magnum and Challenger. Finishing hops are, again, Challenger. And the malts that are utilized are two-row pale malt, caramel malt, chocolate malt, honey malt, carafa three, and roasted barley. Packaged on August 7th. But it is mine. But it is an Imperial Stout. Yeah, 10% Imperial Stout. You would think that... they Actually, you know, this is one of the ones with the vintage right on the neck label. Yep. So it's made to be cellared. Not in this house. Not when she buys them. <laughs> <laughs> Heather does not have your superpower. <laughs> no. No, she does not. She does have a superpower of staying sane, taking care of two children. I don't so, know if that's a superpower. There's lots of people do yeah, that. Well, I, I I'm not saying it's not a good thing. I'm just I, saying. I wouldn't want the job. <laughs> 
all the time. I've been home for a week and a half, and uh, <laughs> I'm looking forward to work. This is interesting. This is the first time I've seen this. I, I'm sure this has been there before, uh, and this this probably applies to a bunch of different things. But this is the first time I've actually seen it on a website. This is under the Sierra Nevada. Um, when they're talking about their ingredients and stuff like that. Uh, brewing is as much art as science, and all beer specifications and raw materials are subject to change at our brewer's creative discretion. That's a useful little bit yeah. of of, of uh, copy there. Oh, it definitely smells still hoppy. Yeah, the Making the switch from the last one, the aroma, yeah, this one's like twice as big. And to me, like, it uh-huh. has half the aroma. Like, so I'm trying to, like, get more heat into it so it opens up its nose. I think that's the carafe that I'm smelling, where it's a little bit of, of uh, a kind of um, astringent note. Yeah, I mean, it's not... I'm having a hard time really dialing in onto anything on the aroma. It's surprisingly closed off. I would expect it to be kind of boozy and toffee-like and chocolatey and roasty. And maybe I'm getting a little bit of like... uh, Yeah, I'm getting more slightly astringent with uh, a a pretty um, pretty magnum-y kind of like... Okay. just straightforward bitter hop. It has a oh okay yeah there's that astringent yeah it has kind of you know like thinking of like oh that's hoppy at the end isn't it <laughs> that magnum really comes through and um, there's kind of a cedar lays thing down a, going on yeah there? so I was kind of smelling a woody thing like the cedar like you're saying I couldn't quite quantify it and then moving into the flavor it hits you with uh, less you know it's it's more roast and you know burnt toast and things like that than it is cocoa or mm, chocolate mm-hmm. and stuff like that um this is not a warm hug right this is more of a injection and then it, it goes into um a pretty hoppy flavor there's kind of this earthy kind of bitter hoppiness that kind of uh spreads around your tongue and I can take some more sips and dial into it. Not a particularly, um, it's not the, the 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 hop is more just kind of I don't know a straightforward bitter like we said, Magnum and Challenger. You're not talking about very expressive hops in terms of of flavor profiles, but the the bitterness is more what these hops are about. Right. Um, there is definitely a woody kind of a stranger character here. I'm not noticing a lot of the things I might expect, like sort of more of a vanilla note or some kind of oakiness uh, with that woody. It's more coming across as a little... Um, I'm, I'm going to say this, and I don't mean it necessarily in the way you might think, but a little sour. What is this? Oh, no, the narwhal song. <laughs> this, is, this feels very, like... Oh, remember when the internet was fun? (laughs) (laughs) Weeble. Uh, So, 
boy. Okay. Um, <laughs> Sorry. I didn't mean no, to. No, side no. No, it's fine. Uh, it's like, how often do we drink Narwhal, though? We can play yeah, the Narwhal yeah. song. Narwhals, of course, are kind of uh, porpoise-slash-whale-like creatures with a big, uh, essentially tooth that extends that looks kind of like a unicorn horn. They're the Jedis of the sea. The Jedis of the sea? That's what the song says. Okay, is I mean, do Jedis have big horns? <laughs> well, that's their lightsaber. But that's... A, okay. <laughs> don't, just don't overanalyze it, man. Not while swimming in the ocean. Alright. That's not that silliness. <laughs> uh... It's weird. I mean, the tough kitty really set the stout bar high. Yeah, yeah, and, and this is this is very different than what I was expecting from a big imperial stout. I, it's hiding the booze amazingly. Isn't yeah, it? yeah, it is. It's definitely hiding the booze, but it's hiding it behind this like this weird woodiness that just feels mm-hmm. off. I, I think the woodiness is okay. I, Okay, not off like off yeah, flavor, but yeah. just off like what I'm ex- what I'm expecting when I want you know a good imperial stout. It feels I'm kind more... of surprised Heather drank all these. Yeah, <laughs> but when the kids, I guess you when drink the kids are when the kids are fighting. You yeah, <laughs> I guess I guess it's more about you know what it does you know calming your nerves, <laughs> quote unquote. Um, <laughs> but it's, it, it, it's not, I'm not really like digging it as much as I thought I would. And yeah, I was looking forward to a nice luscious enveloping hug of yeah. Imperial Stout and this one, maybe this one needs some age. Maybe this one needs a couple of years on it. To... I think those hops need to fade significantly and whatever that is, it's giving it that kind of cedar thing needs to kind of fade out yeah. and bring more of that caramelly note that's really what i'm looking for i guess i can close this narwhals video it's 10 hours of narwhals on oh loop. god well <laughs> speaking of uh of things that we play annoying sounds that we play yeah uh, we got a message from uh, one of our fans saying that uh i guess basic brewing radio uh used to have an amazon link and they used to advertise it and like we we're doing and mm-hmm. they got their thing shut off because they were using it to say support us with the link, which is messed up. So, really? but, yeah, but for right now, as far as I know, it's still working. <laughs> right, you're the one who has the the access to that yeah, stuff. Yeah, have to go check and make sure we're getting our accruals and stuff, huh? I I missed that message. Who sent it? When? that? Was oh boy, let me let me take a look here. Anyway, craftbeerradio.com/slash/amazon. Uh, support the show if we're that allowed was to say Alex. that. Alex, Alex sent that. Huh. Thank you, Alex. Weird, man. I have to look into that. I, I honestly, I haven't listened to a ton of podcasts lately, and uh, haven't listened to much Basic Brewing. So, um, you're bumming me out, man. For right now, as far as we know, that's still active. Go to slash amazon and spend what you want on an Amazon and. Uh, a certain percentage of that gets sent to us. Uh, buy uh, a bed. I just bought a bed. Oh, a man, bed? A- Sweet. Yes, I bought uh, it's a mat- mattress, a queen-size 
a memory foam mattress. It was like 170 bucks, and uh, the little frame for it was like 70 mm. Not bad at all. You can get a Casper mattress like everybody's getting. Well, it's the same thing, right? <laughs> Those are all the same, really. I, uh, so I do have a cat. Maybe this is Posho. Yes, yeah, this is Posho. Um, absolutely. slash Amazon. For now. The stronger the beer is, the less on topic we're able to stay. Is that sort of an amended second law? <laughs> I think that just goes straight in with the better mm. we think this show is. Uh, okay, so yeah, I'm, uh, I'm like not awesomely, uh, super enthused about this but um yeah all right final beer of the night dave it's another boulevard dave brought this one boulevards bundle up barley wine ale 10.5% off by volume 59 ibu caged and corked uh the <laughs> The, the, the first four uh, words of their description are, is your favorite Christmas song. Oh, yeah? Mm-hmm. Which is? Father Christmas. Mm. Well, you're, yeah. you're not so favorite Christmas song. Oh. Santa Baby? Close. Um, what's the other one I really hate? Well, it, it starts with Baby. Oh, oh. Oh, Baby is Cold Outside? Baby. No, no, I don't hate that song. Okay. No, the two I hate are Last Christmas and Santa Baby. Last Christmas. I hate it. I hate it. Oh, now it's in my head, you son of a bitch. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's for all the bandito shit this year. <coughs> I deserve that. <laughs> all right. So, barley wine from Boulevard. What was the ABV on this guy? Uh, 10.5, they say caramel malt, mm-hmm. piney American hops. Look at the color on this one. This is a really dark, um, you know, more cola-like than you know, other barley wines are, are typically a little bit less dark than this, typically more amber-like. That's weird. But... It's a barley wine, a ten and a half percent barley wine in a Cajun cork bottle, and its best buy is a year out from its bottling, or no, no, nine months out from its bottling. So they want it to be aged. They, they, no, they want you to drink it before May. It was bottled August seventeenth, uh-huh. and its best buy May fifteenth. Why is that weird? It's a barley wine. So, don't let your barley wine get more than nine months old. I I've, I think that's more like I don't know. I I, I don't know. I I I'd be just no. I know Boulevard has made statements when we've talked with um, them before. You know, they put the beer in the package that's ready to drink is what they say. But still, I don't know. For a barley wine, to me, that's like buy ten of them, put eight of them in the cellar. <laughs> Not drink it in nine months, but to each of their own. Well, if you're selling beer and you want people to drink it, you want them to buy it. You don't well, care if that's true. But 
they're not going to tell other people about it if they don't drink it. They're not going to. You're not going to say, "I have all this barley wine in my cellar that I can't wait to try in ten years." I guess you That's might. What I do. I guess you <laughs> might say that, but you're again. We've we've talked about just this episode how you have a superpower, so mm-hmm. that's not exactly common, right? All right, so the aroma is. Is it a superpower? Of... Or is it more like a mutant thing, like an X Men type thing? So it's mm. not really because maybe it's it's less a superpower and more kind of an existential burden. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. I like that. I'm warming this guy up. He's in a 750, so he stayed colder than the other beers because he has more volume. Less surface area. Thicker glass. Mm-hmm. All those things. Well, the Wicked Weed is probably the similar glass thickness, but it's smaller. Less funny. Yeah. All right, so... You roam on this guy. It, it's a little... Boo- it does have the booziness, unlike the Norwal. It's kind of playing in with this barley... Um, <clears throat> How do I want to describe that? It's kind of a, a juicy, sweet aroma of barley, almost like, uh, almost like a, a reduction, like a barley syrup or something like, like a that. granola bar. Yeah, 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 granola bar, right? Because you have like the honey and the mm-hmm. the oats and the granola whatevers, and yeah, I was kind of going towards like some kind of like sweet syrup. That reminds you of, that it is barley based or something like that, you right. know. But but your granola bar where you take the honey, but then you get the grain flavors from the, the solids works well too. See, that's more along the lines of of what I'm expecting, right? There's more of a enveloping sweetness that doesn't uh, doesn't go sharp or astringent on you. Um, the the hops are are decently there to cut the sweetness from getting overboard, but they're mm-hmm. not really like overpowering. It's not like a Bigfoot, right? It's yeah. not hot. It's not a hoppy barley wine. The yeah. hops are just playing a balancing role, which makes me happy. I like to see that more caramelly, more along the lines of one of those uh, those caramels with the cream inside. Uh-huh. Sure. It does seem like the the caramelly it's kind of detached, it's kind of far away. It's not like enveloping me in like barley wine deliciousness. It's not as like it's kind of like, it's, it's like, like right? at arm's length, right? Yeah, there's a bit of sort of aqueousness in here, so it doesn't feel like the lusciousness is overpowering your tongue as much. It feels more like it's a slight separation there. Mm-hmm. But that's not terrible. It's not it's No, not, it's not terrible. It's just you know, there's my my Ideal barley wine right. has the same hop treatment that this does, has many of the same malt flavors, but it fe- instead of being at arm's length, it's in my face. You know, it's right here. It's more saturated in everything. You know, it's almost like the volume on this guy is kind of like turned down to a seven or something. Or so, Do you think aging would help? I don't know. Uh, one of the things we do like because, in... Because we've talked about the, ba- the best by date, so it's... Yeah. You know. 
Well, I don't think nine months is going to change this thing hardly at all. Probably not. Not a 10.5. Not if you age it yeah. in a ideal temperature. You know, cellar. At fridge, it won't change at all. In cellar, it's going to change just minorly. You could hot room it to really age it, right? <laughs> yeah. You know, get some oxidation on the thing. Because one of the things we do like in barley wines is we like a little bit of oxidation in there. Oxidation might deepen the spear a little yeah, bit. Yeah, a little... Get a it. little brandyish character might mm-hmm. might help this thing go a little bit you know further, but you don't want that to go cardboard, right? I mean that right. that can go it's wrong a risk, for sure. Um, the, the 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 heat of the alcohol is pretty well hidden by the same thing that's hiding the rest mm-hmm. of that caramel flavor, right? So it's like it it's a push me pull you of those aspects, I guess. No, I just took like my. Third, second or third from last sip of my sample, beer is warmed up, and I got more of that. Um, what I want in a barley wine, which is that sweeter caramel. Like, it's it's not caramel; it's different from caramel. It is. I wish I could have a better word. I've always called it caramel, but we've been using caramel for other things tonight, and it's different. It's distinctly different. It's It's, more cocoa-ish, right? It has more of a little bitterness thing going for it. There's a bitterness thing to it. There is cocoa. I'm having a hard time justifying cocoa, but maybe if you like just super light cocoa powder or something... Right, so it's more like a toasty, to- toasted. Yeah, if you toast a, but don't go overboard, so you get super dark. It's more like a medium toast. There's a little bit. Uh, it's not. I was gonna. Say, I was going to say bread pudding, but nah, no, not bread pudding. Not not to me. No. Um. I'm going back to that. You mentioned syrupy, a little like <laughs> barley syrup. I don't even know what that would taste like, but it, it's it's coming into mind. Like if you substitute a maple syrup with like a barley, yeah, it's tough though because like you have malt extract, like barley malt extract, and that's way too sweet. Mm-hmm. So you need to like it's almost maybe a reduction of this beer, like you know, a reduction of a barley. Well, that doesn't really explain what yeah. it's yeah because like. it, it's it's self referencing, right? Yeah. Um. Oh, why is this one so hard? But I'm getting like the last couple of sips. I'm getting flavors that are uh, really close to my ideal barley wine. And how is it different from what I was drinking just a few minutes ago? I'm having a hard time figuring out. Well, while you're figuring out, let's start ranking. Yeah, it depends. Do I rank what I had for most of my sample or the last couple of sips? Because uh, that elevates this beer. I think I'm going to have to do the last couple of sips. That's up to you. That is up to you. Okay, so I'm going to start. Uh, I'm going to put the Sierra Nevada in last place. Um, wasn't a fan. Yeah. Uh, it's not what I wanted when I was drinking that beer. I was just like, oh, okay, that's kind of iffy mm-hmm. um maybe give it a couple of years and it'll be better but right now no there are better imperial stouts right now on the market that i would definitely go for yeah there's there's plenty of shelf turd imperial stouts 
that uh, are out there and on the shelves. And um, all right, I'm gonna put this uh, a beer next. Um, I think there's a big separation between sixth place and the other beers. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, so I, I, I did like this. Um, this is the bundle up from Boulevard. Right, but there are other beers that I think I like more, and there are other beers that I like more, uh, that I was more in tune with, I guess. But it was hard between this and the Wicked Weed. Uh, I'm going to put the Wicked Weed in fourth place. Uh, I think it was re- the best Wicked Weed that we've had in terms of on their sour, um, in, in their sour stuff, but still was lacking the complexity that uh, should get and it was sort of hiding that with the fruit, which is fine, but it's not uh, exceptional in my book. Uh, in third place, the jailbreak, which uh, again was really good. And I think it was like it, it's the kind of thing that I would I would like to um, have at a party or something like that if I'm one of those light. But in under the microscope, it suffers a bit from the fact that that orange starts to take over. Uh, in second place. Uh, the other boulevard, which was Whoa. Tough Kitty, uh, which was really, really nice and well done milk stout. But uh, the Shiner was the one that I was like into. The Shiner was the huh. one that I was like, I would get a six pack of this and I would really enjoy it. Even though it was sort of a throwback, I, for, for whatever reason, that's the one that, that bubbles to the top of, of, of my sort. Uh, in this case, okay. Uh, Greg and I disagree on very many things tonight. <laughs> I think I will put the narwhal in last place. That's the only one we're going to agree on. It, it was a fine beer, but it, it just—it was just fine. Like it, it was better than ha- beer that has flaws. But what did it have going for it? It was a it was a immature imperial stout mm-hmm. that didn't have any of the hallmarks that I'm looking for in imperial stout. I like my imperial stouts boozy, not boozy. I like my imperial stouts kind of cocoa-y, chocolatey. This one was like this woody, astringent thing. Right. It, w- it was it was a bit of a disappointment, uh, for sure. Then in fifth place, I am going to put. Mm, yeah, I think I'm going to put the Shiner in fifth place. Greg's favorite beer of the night. I, you know, it it was a fine American Pale Ale. This America. American Pale Ale APA. Uh, where it, you know it seemed like I was drinking something from the early days of craft beer radio. Uh-huh. You know, I'm thinking of like Stouts APA and things like that. Uh, is what this beer tasted like. It was a good example of that. But the other beers tonight, I think, uh, top it out. I'm going to put the Jailbreak in fourth place. This is their orange Hefeweizen. That first sip, it really had me it hooked me with a vanilla banana service peanut thing i thought it was really good and the oranges seemed to be at bay 
But then the oranges started rolling down the hill and like overpowering the beer as it went on. And it was a fine beer, like Greg had said during the show. If you're drinking this beer and not really thinking about it, it's a fine drink. And that that statement is true for a lot of beers. Yes. Who we review on this show. Uh, unfortunately, we're thinking about it. And then that beer just seemed to just, that citrus got a little too prominent to, to uh, for me. Then I'm going to put the bundle up in third place. Oh, that's shocking. Okay. Not what I expected, but cool. Um, I The last couple sips really got to where I wanted. Uh, what I liked about this beer is it wasn't a hoppy American barley wine. It had a good hop balance to it for its lifetime of nine months, which still confuses me. <laughs> Uh, that statement where we talked about this felt like a beer at arm's length instead of a beer right in front of my face. I, I'm not sure how to describe that any better than that. It just seemed like it was holding back. It wasn't giving you its whole thing. It wasn't, you know, it wasn't opening up its kimono in front of you. And the last couple sips got better. <laughs> what? You know, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I know. The last couple sips got better, but, um... I was gonna have a whole conversation about. Oops, oops, sorry, everybody. I was gonna have a whole topic about this in the post show. Maybe, maybe I need to talk about it. Yes. Okay. Maybe you do. <laughs> I'm put the wicked weed in second place. Um, this 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 combination of flavors worked a little too pineappley, I think, but and also the the Brett treatment was not exciting, but. What they had put together came out into a pretty good beer. That's I'm going to drink the rest of this in the post show, and then the Tough Kitty uh, Milk Stout. This beer really was the kind of the surprise of the night for me. I was expecting oh another Milk Stout that's going to be kind of tannic and astringent and you know have this like weird lactose thing, and it tasted like a. a that was apparently the the. <laughs> The imperial stout is supposed tasted, to taste like a mocha latte. You know, it was <laughs> it was really good. It had this really creamy flavor to it, and it's kind of when I was you know in my early twenties and I wanted to find you know oh milk stout that sounds like something I'm imagining. Well, this has provided the beer that I was imagining back then, and uh, I just thought it was really well done. All right, well. Them's the shows, and uh, tune in next time for episode 450 as we crack into the... 2018. Yeah, the, the, the lovey, the lovey love of 2018. Hopefully, I mean, 2017 was a very interesting year. Very interesting year. Uh, we'll have to do a year in review in the post-show. Maybe. Maybe not. We'll see. I got other stuff to talk about. You got other stuff to talk about. All right. Greg has other stuff to talk about. This is Gimme Shelter by the Rolling Stones. And uh, Crafty Radio is released on the Creative Commons license, except for, of course, this music, which is not on our license, but we're using it because uh, no one pays attention to us, so it's okay. Uh, inconsequential. Yes. Is. 
there's uh, links and stuff you can get on our website at craftyradio.com. Again, craftyradio.com. There's links and stuff. There is links and stuff. Nice. Uh, craftyradio.com slash Amazon for uh, you know assisting us with stuff as long as that's still active. Uh, I am Greg Weiss. Uh, my Twitter handle is at CBRGreg, and my email is uh, greg at craftyradio.com. I am on Twitter at Jeff Bearer. Jeff at craftbeerradio.com is where the emails happen. Or you can send an email to both of us at uh, beer at craftbeerradio.com. You can. To both. That's it. Uh, and if you send an email to Keith at craftbeerradio.com, it does not go to Keith Richards. Or Keith Cost. No, no, neither. It goes to the ether? It goes back to you and says, oh. account not found. Okay. <laughs> Great. Glad you mentioned that. Yes. Give me shelter, man. Give me, Give me some shelter. <laughs>